Good morning, YouTube family. Good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to Escape from Crazy Town, where we're going to get our sanity back, right? One day at a time and one exposed narcissist at a time. We share our stories so we know we're not alone and to help each other uh, recognize the red flags when they happen, right? Because they will continue to happen because we live in a world with other people, right? <laughs> and with narcissists that go undetected. These narcissists, they can go undetected for years. So I just recently got a story so fortunate that my husband came across this story in one of the uh, military uh, newspapers, I guess. Uh, I forget which, which uh, town it was, but he found a, he was browsing through the newspaper and uh, came across this story and I'm going to read it to you guys. We actually went to the source story and I'll actually show you a picture because I want you to know where I'm getting this from. Let's see if I can pull it forward here and you guys can see this. This is what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, let me see if I can show you this. Okay, that's the story. Let me see if you want to see some of the pictures here. There are the pictures. And I'm going to be reading this article today. We're going to go through it um, piece by piece uh, to show what a narcissist looks like and what their tactics are. I just thought that this was so important because all the red flags were in this story. Well, almost all, right? Many, many of the red flags that we have discussed were directly in the story, had been exposed, had been found out by the multiple uh, victims and supply in the story. So let me see. I'm just going to welcome you guys on. Good to see you guys hopping on. Good morning, John. John says, good morning. Well, I got a call from, okay, yesterday from her. Now she misses me daily, and she said, you should take a vacation. She said, come down there for a weekend. I said, uh, how will you have time for that? Oh, my goodness, John. You know what to say, right? This is absolutely crazy. And then she propositioned you. Yep, I thought to myself, the audacity. <laughs> yes, exactly. The audacity of these crazy people who think that they can manipulate and use others as they want. And she has built you up, John, in her mind to be this perfect person who will take care of all her needs and save her from her horrible life or her problems, which, of course, she helps to create, if not has created most of it, possibly all of it, uh, all the terrible things that happen in her life, but she expects other people to come in and fix it for her or um, help her escape. So do not fall for it. Narcissists will do anything because they're desperate when they get to that point. They are desperate to get the distraction or the supply that they need. And to you, to them, you're not nothing more. And that, I'm sorry to say that, John, you are more than that. But to her, you're nothing more. Narcissists just cannot accept that other people are more worthy than the way the narcissist treats them. They just don't get it. They just don't get it. Well, let's go into the story today. You guys can hop on and I hope more people may be able to go back and read it from the beginning or hear it from the beginning because it is a doozy. 
All right, let's start with this. I'm not going to use their last names, and I kind of edited it down a little bit because it's rather long. I'm just going to use their first names, which was much easier to follow than using their last names. So, start with this woman named Chelsea. Chelsea didn't plan to spend the day before her baby was due, driving 16 hours to bang on the door of her fiancé's parents' house. But there she was. 19 months earlier, she started Instagram messaging with Richard, um, who was a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army. He was 10 years her senior, had two sons from a previous marriage, and lived 600 miles away. But she didn't mind. He was smart and funny, and they talked easily. They met in person for the first time in December 2019. Yep, right before, I guess, a few months before the shutdowns, right? Um, so far, it seems kind of normal, right? Hey, they talked every day since, and at the beginning of 2020, when he told her he was being relocated to Virginia, she volunteered to move with him. In October of 2020, so just last year, she found out she was pregnant with their first child, but now it was June 7th, the day before their baby was due. So June 7th, last month. And Chelsea hadn't been able to reach Richard in more than 48 hours. So she packed up her belongings, waddled out to the car, and set off to find him. First of all, you guys, if you're with somebody and you're expecting a baby, this person should be reachable, right? Unless they're deployed or something like that. This was not the case. This guy uh, was working, supposedly, right? And she should have been able to reach him. 48 hours, uh, she wasn't able to reach him, and this is the day before the baby is due. Crazy. In retrospect, there were always things about the relationship that seemed off. According to Chelsea, she was watching Army leadership videos one night and stumbled across one of Richard, which he talked about having a daughter. When she asked him why he'd never mentioned the third child, he told her she had died. All right, you guys, you know, narcissists love to create trauma stories so that you feel sorry for them. Now, even this, you might think this is plausible, right? You could believe this might have happened. But even so, you're having a child with someone, you're engaged to be married with them, to them, and they don't tell you all the children they've had. It just right there is kind is a red flag, you guys. Another time she found the results from two local 10K races in which Richard had finished right in front of the same female army member. Two races right next to or right in front of the same woman. When she asked if he knew the woman, he brushed her off. His ex-wife even called her once in February of this year, so February 2021, and left a voicemail. But she says Richard told her the woman was crazy and out for his money, so she ignored it. Another red flag, you guys. The ex is always the crazy one and is always out to get them, right? Which makes the new supply feel like, oh, I better not take that call. I better not get in touch with the ex. I better not listen to the ex because obviously the ex has an axe to grind. And the only story you're getting is from the narcissist. So you don't know. The strangest incident happened in the spring of last year, so the spring of 2020, when the couple decided to move to Virginia together. So pretty much near the beginning of their relationship, right? About four months after they had 
met. See how fast this is moving already? Four months after they'd met, they're already moving to another state together. Chelsea says she volunteered to go early so she could settle in and find work. Richard was supposed to relocate in June, but then in April, he told her he had been deployed. She doesn't recall where exactly, but she remembers him calling her on WhatsApp from Kuwait. He didn't know how long he'd been gone. He'd be gone. At one point during the deployment, I would think that this deployment is actually in quotes because later on we find out he was never deployed uh, after 2014. But at one point during the deployment, he told her he'd broken his foot and had to evacuate, be evacuated to Germany. He even sent her an x-ray of the break. Narcissists will go out of their way to provide fake proof, right? to supplement their story or maybe he really did break his foot but then now he uses this break as part of his story so this is another reason why it's really hard sometimes to catch a narcissist in a lie because they provide some evidence or some proof of things and then they make a story about it but you don't know that it's a story but the proof or the evidence is a real evidence it's, it's a real x-ray you just don't know that it has nothing to do with him being deployed or being in Germany, right? In August, Chelsea was on a run near the army base when she saw what looked like Richard's Jeep. It had Illinois plates and stickers for the Rangers, his former division. When she asked Richard about it, he insisted it wasn't his car, right? Denial, denial, denial. And you feel like you're going crazy because you're like, I'm certain it was yours. Like who else would have this? This is your car, these are your plates. But they're going to insist you're not really seeing things. That's part of the gaslighting, right? You're not really seeing what you're seeing. It's not what you thought it was. But a few days later, while filling up her gas tank on base, she saw him open the door and get in. So here's proof, right? Now she's like, okay, I wasn't crazy. But at this point, you're feeling very conflicted. You're going through some dissonance. You're, 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 not, un, you're not sure what to believe, right? So she says he played it off as if he was trying to surprise me post-deployment and that he had to quarantine and that I ruined the whole surprise. Another red flag or another manipulation of the narcissist, right? They put the focus back on you. Here he's telling her that she's to blame for messing up the surprise. So making you feel guilt or shame will take the focus off of them. So now he's given her something to feel guilt about. But she says he did the, his typical thing of belittling me, making me feel like I'm the crazy one, and then saying, I love you. Everything will be fine. Don't overthink it. So here's the other thing. They think they can get out of arguments by telling you, don't overthink it. Now, I'm not saying there aren't times when people get into arguments and they're just too emotional and they are overthinking it and they're just going crazy and there's no discussion to be had. I get that. But when you're questioning something and they refuse to, to address your concern or to answer your question, right? Instead of answering your question or giving you, a, you know, an answer that makes sense, they'll turn away from it and say, don't overthink it. When the answer is very clear, it's either, yes, this was your Jeep. No, this wasn't your Jeep. And why did you lie like that? You know, like you're, you're starting to question the flags are starting to go off inside of your gut. Richard had a way of doing that, she said. 
making her feel like she was the crazy one. That's all part of gaslighting, you guys. When she was pregnant, he'd often blame her suspicions on her hormones, saying they were making her paranoid. She'd been cheated on in past relationships, she said, and figured she was just hypersensitive. That's another thing that narcissists know. They know to play, they're, they're almost like therapists themselves. They study people, they know how to manipulate people, they know what triggers you, they know what will make you feel guilty, what will make you feel shame, what will make you feel angry, um, what will make you, well, they try to keep you from being angry. They, they know how to make you feel afraid and they know how, you know, the manipulative emotions where they know they can control you. Um, and besides, when Richard was nice to her, she said he was really nice. So on the one hand, you've got the devil. And then on the other hand, you've got the angel, right? They act the angel and you cling to those moments when they're angels. He rented a townhouse for her to stay in while he lived on base. And he came over all the time, taking her on hikes into the park, ordering takeout and talking for hours. When he said he was awarded a silver star, one of the military's highest honors, she says he told her to buy a fancy dress and come with him to the ceremony. I have to give you a little clue. They don't address this later on, but I believe there was never any ceremony and there must have been something that happened right before they're supposed to go to the ceremony. Like maybe he was deployed again or had to leave town or um, they got into a big fight and he just said, you know what, forget it, I'm not taking you. you know. And then that was his excuse for not taking her to a fake ceremony. So... Um, Chelsea says she bought a journal to write in during her pregnancy, but didn't use it much. Quote, because most of my pregnancy was really depressing. You guys, this is the clue that all of us know. This is the, the life all of us know about the new supply. The new supply is depressed. The new supply does not have this beautiful, wonderful, amazing life with the narcissist where every day is magical. That's what they put on social media for you to think because you know new supply is clinging to those good times those those angel times right when the narcissist is such an angel and they want to believe that that's the reality but the reality as it says here in this whole this journal during her entire pregnancy she barely touched it because most of the time she was depressed one of the only entries is from october 6th the day she told Richard, she was pregnant. The first thing he did was grab me in the kitchen and give me a hug and, uh, and, and a kiss. She said, it seemed really genuine and he seemed like he really cared and he really wanted us to be a family. Narcissists are so sincere, right? They keep telling you how sincere they are. They almost beg you to believe them. And you think, oh, well, how can I, you know, if they're so insistent, they, they must be telling the truth, right? Obviously, looking at it now, she added, I think, wow, how effed up. According to military records, Richard served in the Rangers and was deployed to Afghanistan in 2011 and 2012, but has not been sent overseas since 2014. He has never been awarded a Silver Star. So that ceremony he was going to take her to and even told her to go buy a dress, knowing she's going to waste her money on a dress for a ceremony that's not happening. That's how in insidious a narcissist is. And beyond, by the way. It gets worse than that. According to court records, Richard is legally married and has been for almost 18 years. 
to the same woman. The pair have three children together, all very much alive. So the two sons and the daughter that he said the daughter was dead. According to multiple sources, the pair was having marital problems in August. So his wife volunteered to take the kids home with her to Illinois to give him some space. So this is August of 2020, you guys. Just last year, not even a year ago. He was, see, you know, this is when she, when Chelsea saw his Jeep on base. His wife was there. This is right about the same time. And he kept this all hidden from his fiance. His wife was about to move back in January of this year of 2021 when she got a phone call from yet another woman telling her she was engaged to him so that that wife now has had a phone call not from Chelsea but from some other woman and she wasn't the only one another woman so a fourth one uh, told the Daily Beast who wrote this article or had this article that she was engaged to Richard in 2017 while his wife was pregnant with their third child. The pair went on several trips together, including one of his co-work with one of his co-workers. So this fourth woman that we're just finding out about went on a vacation or trip with him with a co-worker and he'd even met her parents. But she says she had no idea about his wife and family at home. He did tell her as he told Chelsea that he had lost a child tragically and that it had ruined his previous marriage. He also told her he'd been awarded two Purple Hearts and a Silver Star, the latter of which he claimed to have thrown out in anger after they, after they fought. So conveniently, they have, um, it doesn't even make sense. Like if it's one of the, is one of the top medals you can get or honors you can possibly get in the military and, and the narcissist will tell you, they threw it out in a fit of anger. No. <laughs> but they kept all the other medals. Right. Okay. Jessica says he claimed to have been deployed. Oh, sorry. Did I mention this? Jessica is this other woman who was engaged to Richard back in 2017. She says he claimed to have been deployed several times during their relationship. Once while she was at home tending to her dying mother, and another time that forced them to postpone their hastily arranged nuptials in Las Vegas. So here's another thing. She, you know, she, he's engaged to her. And of course, he's still married um, and probably has several other women at the time. And she's going, she thinks this is the love of her life, as all new supply think, right? They're the love of the narcissist's life. And then the new supply goes through a really hard time, like the death of a parent, a dying parent. Is the narcissist going to be there to hold their hand and comfort them? No. Narcissists do not. They will leave. So the second time, she, she asked for some kind of proof of his deployment so she could get refunds for their airfare and hotel rooms. The deployment papers he sent her appear to be fake. He's got this playbook, Jessica said. He tells these lies about his dead children, about his PTSD, his deployments, and all the horrible things he's had to do. He creates all of these imaginary traumas to cloak his lies in, but also to make himself a victim so you feel pity and sorry and sympathy, right, for him. The, this is what narcissists do. They will tell you all these traumas that happened to them, like they didn't cause it, right? 
These are things that happened to them or was caused by other people, their other exes, and they get you to feel sorry for them. But you have to look for these red flags and hold their feet to the fire. Don't let them say, you know, you're overthinking it. No, if it starts to add up, you know what you should do is write it down. It's amazing lining up those lies across all the people I talk to and being like, wow, you too? She added, this is Jessica, not even Chelsea. The story started off with Chelsea. Now we're, we're hearing from Jessica. It's dysfunctional, she says, but also kind of comforting because like maybe I'm not insane. That's what we all hope for is to find others who are going through the whole same thing that we have gone through. That tells us that we're not crazy and we're not so ignorant or so uh, gullible that we're the only people who have this happen to. In February, when Richard's wife called her, Chelsea had disregarded it. Remember, he told her that she was crazy and was after his money. But on June 7th, she was at her wit's end. She was 24 hours from her due date, and the last time she'd spoken to her fiancé was two days earlier. This is June 7th of last month, you guys. Um, when she called to tell him she was having contra- let me see. When she called to tell him she was having contractions, he yelled at her not to bother him at work. You guys, the new supply is not treated better than the new, the ex. And in this case, they're all still supplied to him. Nobody is actually off <laughs> uh, off record or off the books yet, right? They're all serving a purpose in his life. They're all supplied to him still. But when you start thinking that the new supply is getting better treatment, remember this story. All right. She'd called and texted him dozens of times since then with no response. Dozens of times, and her due date was 24 hours away, you guys. Um, I know some of you might be concerned that or not happy that I'm stopping and interjecting some comments here. I'm going to do a recap where I'm just going to read this story all the way through. But right now, I'm trying to give you guys an opportunity to have discussion in the comment section and to highlight the obvious red flags. Desperate to reach him, she called the support staff at the base, who seemed confused. A secretary there passed her to the sergeant major who called her by Richard's wife's name. When she told the sergeant her baby was due, this is Chelsea, any day and she needed to see him urgently, he responded, ma'am, Richard is on leave. Can you imagine? You're like, what? How can he be on leave and he's not with me? We're about to have a baby, you know, tomorrow. So Chelsea called his wife, who she thought, of course, was his ex-wife, right? I was like, listen, I know you probably don't like me because I'm the new person in his life, but I'm calling you out of desperation because I haven't been able to find Richard, she recalled. And she goes, Chelsea, we're still married. The wife tells her they're still married. His wife told Chelsea that Richard was likely in Illinois for a hearing in their divorce case the next day. So Chelsea packed up her car and drove the 16 hours straight there. When she finally made it at 2 a.m., she couldn't help making one last pit stop at Richard's parents' house. I knew he didn't have anywhere else to go, she said. According to a police report from that night, Richard's father told a dispatcher, a dispatcher, that Chelsea parked outside of the house 
and threatened to burn it down if his son didn't come outside. Chelsea denies this. She told an officer who arrived on the scene that she was 40 weeks pregnant with Richard's baby and provided photos of them together and a lease agreement with their names on it. By the way, you guys, 40 weeks is full term. That is when your due date is, 40 weeks out. <laughs> when the officer interviewed Richard, he said he had no idea who Chelsea was and that she was probably stalking him, a scenario that seemed impossible. The officer wrote, given the information Chelsea had provided. The officer let her go. Chelsea says the officer also provided her with the name of the woman staying with Richard at his parents' house that night. This is one month ago, you guys. It was the same woman from the 10,000, I'm sorry, the 10K races, the two 10K races that came in right behind him, and he said he didn't know who that was. Now this woman who's been running these races with him is at his house while his fiance, I suppose, is um, expecting his baby and is at full term at that point. Working together, pouring over old phone records, credit cards, credit card charges, and travel itineraries, itineraries, Chelsea and Jessica, the one, remember Jessica was his fiance from 24, I'm sorry, 2017, say they and Richard's wife, so the three of them, have identified at least four other women with whom this soldier engaged in serious long-term relationships over the last five years while still married. So Chelsea says she's been contacted by several more since she started posting about his behavior on Instagram, but they've been too afraid to come forward. You guys, so more than seven. This is insane. That's the problem, the women agree. Richard had a habit of dating army subordinates and widows of men who died in combat, women who'd be too embarrassed to say anything about it, or whose careers would be ruined if they did. Many of the women they contacted said they had a husband or a family or a business and didn't want to get involved, Jessica said. And neither do I, she, she added, but I also kind of want to see him burn. Richard did not respond to requests for a comment sent by email and through his divorce lawyer. His phone number appears to have been changed. His Instagram account has been wiped. The only remaining traces of him on the internet include a Medium page where he posts melancholy poetry and a Pinterest account. The account has one public board, Projects to Try, which contains a link to DIY fake divorce papers. Do-it-yourself fake divorce papers. You guys, this guy, okay, I'm going to back up a second. Remember Chelsea, the pregnant fiance, about ready to burst, right? About ready to have the baby. Shows up at his parents' house at 2 a.m. in the morning, only to find that he is already staying there with his current girlfriend, according to the parents, right? The, you know, think about it from the parent, his parents' point of view. He's there at their house with his current girlfriend while he's going to go to... Um, appear to at divorce court the next day, right, for his divorce to his current wife. And then this pregnant fiance shows up at their door at 2 a.m., giving proof that she is his girlfriend, his fiance, having his baby. Can you imagine being the parents that this is your son? 
and you had no clue that your son was like this. I mean, I cannot even imagine what they were thinking and how, I mean, either one, the parents are just total jerks, just like him, or two, they really were scammed as well. The Army previously told, back to the article, the Army previously told the Army Times, uh, it was, that's a newspaper in the Army, it was aware of and investigating the allegations against Richard in a statement it added that he had been temporarily suspended from his position pending the outcome of the investigation. Chelsea and Richard's wife met in person for the first time at his divorce hearing on June 8th. June 8th, the same day his baby with Chelsea was due. Remember she showed up on June 7th? At, or no, she started looking for him June 7th and called the wife and then drove 16 hours to Illinois showed up at two in the morning, went to court, a court divorce hearing on June 8th, that morning. Chelsea and Jessica both testified at the hearing in which his estranged wife petitioned for custody of their kids. Chelsea said she told the judge she was testifying to make sure Richard, quote, never touches his children or does anything to them the way he did to us. And so he never, ever gets his hands on my daughter, unquote. She said Richard avoided eye contact with her throughout the hearing, but looked up at her in that moment, quote, almost like an I'm sorry type of thing, unquote. Actually, she says, in my head, I'm like, no, you're not, she recalled. You're a disgusting human being. Chelsea's daughter was born June 13th. So what is that? Five days later. So five days after the due date, healthy, except for some mild jaundice. She sent Richard, okay, you guys, this part, I was like, what? Why would you do this? She sent Richard photos of the newborn via email, but he never responded. So you guys, narcissists, they don't care about their kids, all right? They just don't. Um, I believe that there are some that look like they care about their kids. I don't know what it is, uh, the the connection they have to their kids. Um, it's not love though, because they don't want you to hurt their kids, but it's okay for them to hurt their kids. It's, it's absolutely insanity. Yes, they are empty. So let me see where we are here. The article is almost done. Let me get through this. The last three weeks have been like living a nightmare. Chelsea said, but her daughter keeps her going. If it wasn't for all this stuff I went through, I never would have gotten her, she said, and I love her to pieces. She also thinks in some way that what happened to her was fated. She isn't like many of the other women with their livelihoods dependent on keeping Richard's secret. She has family, a career, and a life of her own. She can expose his lies in public because she has nothing to lose. I think I went through what... Let me back up. I think what I went through, I went through for a reason, because I was going to be the one to speak up, she said. He's been getting away with it for over a decade, she added. Your time is up. Unquote. That is the article. Those of you who are just hopping on now, I just read this article. Um, true life story just happened and been revealed, started unraveling last month. The article was written... June 2nd, I'm sorry, July 2nd of this month. It is this woman's harrowing experience uncovering the total lies and fake life 
that her narcissist fiance um, created and in the meantime still had a wife and a current girlfriend as well as the pregnant fiance so we know those three definitely were there um, and then there was a fiance from 2017 that got connected to um, the pregnant girlfriend or fiance and his wife you guys absolutely craziness I wanted to read that to you because in this story there were so many red flags and there were so many situations to think about that probably mirrored what you went through the big lesson you guys here's the good news the big lesson at the end of all of this I just read to you it was the fact that Chelsea had a life of her own she was not dependent on the narcissist and this is something I do push encourage um, you know advocate all the time is be independent if you are dependent on the narcissist you are going to have a very hard time detaching you're going to have a very hard time recovering you're going to have a very hard time um, being able to move on with your life right you cannot be dependent on the narcissist and if you are you need to start thinking of ways to get off of that dependency do not rely on the narcissist for anything not even financial even if they owe you money that's one thing to be able to go after them in court if they owe you money but do not rely on that money to sustain you you do not want to be motivated driven or um, controlled by that money you want to be able to control your own life and the way do you control your own life is you take care of yourself you motivate yourself to move forward and let me you know I know some people might say well you know I was so traumatized and I was so injured and emotionally uh, bankrupted by this that I can't get myself out of bed here's the thing you have to live for yourself you have to be motivated for you uh, we're we tend to care less about ourselves than everybody else in our life right we, we if we saw somebody else in our life going through what we were doing we would be there to help them we would be there trying to get them out of bed we'd be there trying to make sure that they have a life and get moving but when it's us we just let ourselves lie there we, we don't pick ourselves up we don't get ourselves motivated to get our life in order we don't um, look into how to better ourselves so that we can become stronger yeah you guys I want you to start valuing yourself more I want you to start seeing yourself as an important person in your life and just as important as all the other people you love in your life it's one thing to put others first and I, I love doing that too I love taking care of other people I love being considerate and helping other people but I also have to take time for myself and it's not selfish you guys narcissists will take advantage of that because they guilt people who are easily guilted they will they will shame people who are easily shamed and they will draw the sympathy from you even though they hurt you they want you to be sympathetic towards them for having to hurt you it's absolutely completely manipulative and destructive and it is no good for your health I am so glad that this woman does have her own life 
and is able to move on. And there, in this story, she she said that there were multiple other women who couldn't speak up because uh, they worked in the same military, I guess, right? And uh, or they worked in the military, and for them to reveal this type of uh, I don't know what to call it, <laughs> insanity in their life might hurt their careers. Um, and then there are women who were embarrassed because they had positions that they thought they can't go, go public with this because then then people who work for them or, or they work for might, might think less of them or might affect their work, right? And then there were people who were dependent on him. Oh my goodness, you guys. Um, yeah, absolutely insane. Yeah, Marie, good to see you. Says there's a difference when they begin to use or care as slavery. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, it's like, a, you know, they're keeping you as a pet. And they may love you, but as a pet. Like only when you're convenient for them. They're not going to be there just like he wasn't there for uh, this other woman when her mother was dying, right? No, you cannot inconvenience them. They might uh, do things for you when they're in that good mood. They might sway you into thinking that that's the real them and that life is so good when it is good. And you don't want to let go of that. It is hard to let go of that. I understand it. The hard part is if you are dependent on them and you feel like that was the only hope you had for happiness. And I don't want you guys to ever feel that way. And like you, I said, you know, if you're in the dumps and you're feeling like you're alone and people are getting tired of hearing you say this, you know, tell the same story over and over again and your friends don't seem to be coming around as much anymore, you have to start something new. Get involved volunteering or even starting a new job. Pick up a second job. Pick up a side job. Not something that has to take a lot of hours, but something you've always wanted to try. Like, say you love painting, right? Well, volunteer at an art school or in a classroom, an art class. Volunteer in the um, community uh, art organization, right? You never know, you may get a side job there, you know, spending five hours a week working with people in art. So, or go to the elderly homes and, and teach art there. You don't have to be a complete artist to have an art class there. You just bring some supplies and papers or um, what do you call it, pads, you know, drawing pads or painting pads. And you just set people down and you provide the means for them to paint and you just paint whatever you want with them. You guys, there are so many things to enjoy in life and to get yourself plugged back into life. You have to start doing that one step at a time. I wanted to share that with you. I hope that that helps. Where? Yeah, the pet, exactly. You mentioned slavery, but really they look at you like you're a pet. A pet that can do work for them though. So slash slave, right? Yeah. Lover of the truth, good to see you. And James, good to see you. Says, I might as well have been living with a roommate for all the attention I got. Exactly. And people who think that the narcissist is always romantic, always attentive, 
always so caring towards the new supply. I think that if we're truthful with ourselves, we realize that is not real. That's not the truth. The truth is the narcissist is self-centered and would never be this fantastic, loving, caring person because that's just not their character. They can play a character for a while, so they'll play a loving, caring person for a time, but then their ugly side comes out, their selfish side comes out, their new, their usual, habitual, terrible side comes out. So what you see them doing most, that's what they are. And Jihad, good to see you. Yeah, fastest, best in the world. Good to see you. Oh, wow, yeah. It says, uh, they had a baby moved, moved states and are getting married in August, which is my birth month, ironically. Don't know what day, but wouldn't be surprised if it was my birthday or our anniversary. Because that's how crazy she is. Yep. Yeah. Frost's Busting World says, have to remind myself the new supplies life isn't perfect all the time because they're doing a great job making it feel like it. I haven't been keeping up all I've heard. It's just all I've heard. Yeah. Obi says, mine was caught with an X and still lied about what I saw. Exactly, you guys. That is absolute crazy town. And it is happening even now. When you tell people you saw something, like you can't tell me I didn't see it. But then people, because they weren't there and they didn't see it, they'll tell you, and narcissists will do this, will tell you, well, you, you, doesn't matter what you saw. And then they ignore the fact that you saw it, or they just flat out tell you, you didn't see it. That is gaslighting, you guys. That is what gaslighting looks like, feels like. It feels like absolute crazy. It is actually very gut-wrenching. It is gut-wrenching when you are being gaslit. Um, and you, you don't know how to grasp onto the truth. Or you can't get this other person to admit the truth. Or that you actually saw what you saw. You can't get them to admit it. That is how gut-wrenching it is when you're being gaslit. Now, there's a way that when you're being gaslit that you don't have that reaction. And that is knowing that you're being gaslit, right? Stepping outside of the narrative. You step outside, they're going on and on about their story, and they're making up this fantasy about how you didn't see what you just saw. You step outside of that story and look at it as if you're watching a TV show, right? You're watching this on the TV, and you're like, this person is absolutely crazy. And you walk away because you there's no point in engaging with someone who is corrupt. There's no point in engaging with someone who is bent on... Um, telling a lie and keeping the lie and trying to convince you that their lie is truth and you know it's a lie so don't entertain it don't uh, engage with it don't have a conversation or discussion with it you know um, recently I've kind of had that uh, people who are insane right now who cannot see the truth it's very hard to have a discussion with them because they want to tell you you did not see what you have seen for the last 14 months, right? Or last year and a half. They want to tell you you did not see this. And they instead want you to, to believe the edited version. 
that they got. They want you to believe what um, memes or flashes or pictorials that they've seen, but not full articles, not full interviews, not full hearings that you have watched. They don't get those. They don't even pay attention to that. All they're getting is snippets of things, and then they believe these snippets are real, and the full testimony that you watched was not real. You guys, there's no point in engaging with people like that because either one, they're so deceived that you just can't reach them. They're, they're clinging on, just like the new supply, right? Clings onto this fantasy world full of lies and cannot believe any of the truths. So let's say even if the wife had contacted the fiance, Chelsea, and was able to get through to her, in the back of her mind, she will still think that, well, her fiancé told her that the ex-wife was crazy and after his money. So this new supply is going to automatically think that the person telling them the truth is lying to them. And that the narcissist is telling them the truth. So, you guys, it is, it's so insidious. Anyway, you guys, I hope that this has helped. I hope that you have seen parts of this story uh, that you'd gone through and know that you're not alone. I hope that you understand that when the narcissist attempts to continue doing these things in your life, that you will back away and you will get the heck out of there, right? Yes, Marie, she says, I dodged a bullet, waited for years to get married, and he was out the entire time living a double life. I wondered why his exes hated him. Yes. Abigail says, how do we start believing the truth if we have been gaslit and brainwashed? Ah, yes. The truth, you have to do the work yourself. You have to start collecting evidence yourself. Don't go after um, what somebody says anymore. Actually open up the links, open up actual documentaries, open up actual interviews that were had. Um, watch the, you know, it depends on what you're talking about. If it's with a narcissist like this guy, how do you figure it out? Well, you call their work, right? You call their parents. You call people who are in their life, not just the one coworker. You know, we know that there's always somebody in the narcissist's life that's willing to go along with their story or doesn't know enough about their, what their, um, their corruption or their fraud is. So the people who are in their life, like maybe his parents and then uh, trying to think of who else was in his life. I guess the current girlfriend that <laughs> was at his parents' house, right? Uh, they actually believe the narcissist. So, so you, there are going to be some people who, who will corroborate. I'm sorry, let me back up. It was the, the friend, the co-worker that he took, um, that he went on a trip with and took his girlfriend at the time and, and was still married, right? I mean, that co-worker was probably a flying monkey that worked with the narcissist and didn't care, didn't want to get involved enough to blow the whistle. Maybe that co-worker was doing the same thing, was cheating on his wife, who knows? So the, the narcissist always has someone who co will corroborate, but... If you dig deep enough, if you go far enough um, past the parents, maybe to the siblings, 
uh, in this case, probably this person would have gotten the truth if she had originally contacted the parents. Now, she was engaged to him and never met his parents. That's bizarre, right? So don't get engaged to someone if you've never met their parents. You want to at least meet their parents. Now, it's one thing, especially if you know that they still have a relationship with their parents. Um, it's one thing if they don't have any relationship with their family. I get that. I understand. But most likely, they'll have a relationship with some family member. And usually, at least a couple of family members. So get in touch with them. Well, you guys, oh, my phone is heating up. I wonder why. Is it... All right, I'm going to have to get off soon before it just turns off. But you guys, I appreciate you being here. I thank you for listening and for all your input and your suggestions and your um, advice and your insight, and your experiences. I bless you guys. I hope you have a great day, a great week, and I will see you next week. I'm going to comprise a, um, a little wrap-up, a recap of today's Happy Crappy Hour. And just read the story if you want to catch that. And I'll be uploading that in a couple hours. All right. Goodbye, you guys. Have a great day.